What is up, Nerds Nation, and welcome back to FN2187, our weekly Star Wars show. Last week, we weren't able to do it because we were a little caught up with some things, but we are now back on our regular weekly schedule. My name is Martin Moreno, and sitting across from me is my Chewy to my Han, Mr. Nick Denizio. How are we doing, bro? Doing pretty good. Very excited to talk about today's talk episode. Some, talk yeah. some fucking Mandalorian. Mandalorian. So, yes, we are going to be talking about Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2, The Minds of Mandalore. Um, we are going to be going a little bit into spoiler territory, so if you haven't seen it, you know, sign off now. Yeah. Get in your ship, pump it into hyperspace, and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but before we really get into that and dive into that, I just want to, I just want to get the floor for a second. Okay, okay. You know, take because, the floor. Because there's just some things that I want to, there's some things that I want to talk about after seeing this episode. After watching this episode and really thinking about it, I do feel like this episode is going to have huge implications for Star Wars moving forward. Mm-hmm. Not just necessarily Star Wars, but also for pretty much our two two of our uh, main characters right now, Din Jaren, aka the Mandalorian, and Bo-Katan Kreese. Right. Um, when we think about what the armor said in season one of Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, or aka the loose story, <laughs> the, loose story. <laughs> the loose story of Boba Fett. She talks about, you know, these ancient songs that spoke about a Mythosaur rising and bringing in a new age of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. For the people who don't know, Mythosaurs are these sort of extinct creatures that used to roam the lands of Mandalore before, like a long, long time ago. And they were also tamed by Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Din has to go to Mandalore, which we will, we're going to get into it in brief discussion yeah. to pretty much redeem himself and bathe in the magic water, so to speak. Right. <laughs> um, and these waters happen to be located in the Mythosaur lair. Now, like I said, they are believed to be extinct. However, spoiler alert, they're not. They're There's not. still one that lives deep below the surface, and uh, it was really, really cool to see. So going back to what the armor said, it is kind of foreshadowing now with what she said and seeing the Minnesota that a quote-unquote new age of Mandalore is coming. Right. You got to think about what Din has been saying about how the people are pretty much scattered all over the planet. And the only sort of hope there is for their people is the creed, the sort of small group to travel together, to find foundlings, that do ritual ceremonies, to still kind of believe in the old ways. And it was really cool to see that ceremony in episode one, at right. the very beginning yeah, of episode exactly. one. On the other side of that, you also have what bo has been saying about her people pretty much scattered all over the galaxy, killing each other, pretty much turning on them. So when you think about the sort of groups or the cliques that both Din and, and Bo are ruling with, there are very two separate groups. And obviously because of their religious beliefs, pretty much their ideologies. Mm-hmm. Um, Din is very much of the old way. The old way is still the right way. And Bo-Katan is more of like, no, we've kind of like evolved and gotten past that. Right. However, seeing now seeing this, seeing the Mythosaur, Bo-Katan witnessing it, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how her character is going to move forward. Because I do think there's going to be a huge dynamic shift in her character. Mm -hmm. Maybe not necessarily going back to the old ways, but pretty much a lot of the things that she's been laughing at, at Din Djarin for, those, all those old ways, all those old customs, the zealots, as she called them. Now there is now this sort of shock and sort of disbelief of like, of like, maybe they're right. Maybe, maybe this is the way Mm -hmm. to kind of go back to these ancient customs um, and bring in this new age of Mandalore. Uh, so it's going to be really exciting to see how her character moves forward, but also just seeing her again in live action in Mandalore. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know, maybe for, for us, because we really like the animated shows, I'm sure we're not the only ones, but seeing Bo-Katan back again in Mandalore, in live action, in Sundari, just meant a lot. And then just hearing her speak about her family, hearing her speak about her dad, who is a quote-unquote a great man, and seeing her experience this sort of ancient ritual that Din is doing. Sure, she has her own beliefs, but you almost believe that low-key, it kind of, maybe there's some sort of nostalgic, or there, it, it's maybe a little bit heartwarming to her, mm-hmm. because they're both very proud Mandalorians. Right. So even though she maybe doesn't really believe things the way he does, just seeing him kind of be very... Um, What's the, what's the term I'm looking for? It's almost like he's so committed to Yeah, being very to committed this, yeah. to the old ways and maybe bringing back some nostalgia for her family because she says that she did that because of her dad. Mm-hmm. Like, she did that for her family. So right. I'm sure it kind of tugged on some heartstrings only for that to be followed up by seeing the Mythosaur again. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how everything moves forward. And I do have a sort of speculation as to how everything is going to wrap up once it's all said and done, which we will get to. But clearly, it's like 
if this new age of Mandalore is coming, which we believe everything's pointing that direction, where the fuck was this in the Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> but at the same time, who fucking cares? Bro, somehow, somehow, <laughs> somehow Palpatine, Palpatine returned. returned. And you would assume that, hey, maybe we should get these Mandalorians to help out. Mm, yeah, know. no, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, man. Uh, so, I mean, there's obviously a lot to really dive into, but I want to stick with that, with the ending, because that's obviously the big, it's where all that juice is. This is the first episode that I watched where I felt bad for people if they didn't watch Clone Wars and didn't watch Rebels, because when Din first goes to Mandalore and we get that, you know, gorgeous wide shot, which we'll talk about how beautiful this episode is. Not that I got emotional, but I felt something. Mm-hmm. I felt like the presence and I felt like the the history. You well, know, you it, felt the history through Clone Wars, through everything we saw in Rebels, and Rebels with Sabine, yeah. and right. all that so, stuff. So yeah. having all that background knowledge just enriched this episode so much more. That's probably why I really enjoyed it. And to me, it's probably one of my favorite episodes in the series so far. You know, and the same thing with Bo-Katan. As she's standing there and she's taking it all in, it's like, and you even said, like, holy shit. Like, Bo's like, back Bo's in, in Mandalore. Like, she's back in Mandalore. Bo is back you know, in Bo, the capital. In the capital, yes. In yeah. her hometown. In her hometown. Yeah. Like they're that pretty much that platform that they're walking across, I believe it's the same platform where um where the five oh first pretty much stops Saxon and his group. Right. Yeah. I, I almost believe that's pretty right. much the scene. And then even even when Din goes into the sewers, it's like, oh shit, this is where they chased Darth Maul. Yeah, this is like, where like, oh got God. captured. So there's yeah. so much history there. Obviously it's tied into Clone Wars and Rebels, but I'm with you. It's like you're just watching this. You're just, you're just like, holy shit. Like, Bo just taking it all is in. in Mandalore and it's live action mm-hmm. and she's taking it all in and you're taking it all in with her. So it's very, it, I'm with you. It definitely hits, um, it definitely hits an emotional note. This was once a beautiful civilization. My family ruled it all. Now it's a tomb. Uh, but then sticking with that scene, like where we do see the mythosaur, you know, just to kind of reiterate what you said a little bit, like Bo and Din are, you know, even though they do have different ideologies, uh, they both believe in the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why, especially, you well, know. Well, that's actually very interesting you said that because I feel like at this point, Bo's kind of, Bo's kind of giving up. She has. Yeah. You know, because even when Grogu goes back to retrieve her, she's like, let's get rid of him once and for all. Right. And in the previous episode too, she refused to go back. She's like, I'm not going care. back. Yeah. And then when yeah. she's finally there, she's sort of taking it all in. And then even when she's walking Din down there, and she's reading the plaque and everything. She 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 does. She has like this this weird like appreciation for what's going on around her because this is where she grew up. This is her history. She's thinking of her father. You know, I love I love when she tells Din what a great man he was and how he gave his life for Mandalore. And he goes, "This is the way." Maybe he was proud. I know he was. I didn't embarrass him in front of everyone. Your father sounds like an interesting man. I would have liked to have known him. He was a great man. He died defending Mandalore. This is the way. There's this weird, and it's funny, man, because I I would have, like, I was expecting her to be the antagonist of this season, and it could still be the case, but mm-hmm. her seeing the Mythosaur, I feel like I'm with you. There's going to be a dynamic shift in her character, yeah. and even Katie Sackhoff said that Bo's ego is getting in the way of her having some sort of true redemption because she still blames herself for her sister's death for not and being there. And not just that, but also losing the, losing the Darksaber twice. Right. You pretty much have these people believe in you. Like your people, again, they're very, they're both very proud. They love their people, their culture. They love their planet. And you, you, you have now been pretty much given charge or responsibility of leading your people and mm-hmm. you failed twice. Right. And also what the armor said, the armor talks about how her rule ended in tragedy. Right, which is the Night of a Thousand Tears. Yeah, which, oh, so is that pretty much what it I is? Would think, I would think yeah. that's probably it, right? So that could be it, and, if, yeah. not, and if, that, if that's not it, then maybe we'll really find out what it is. We'll definitely get more, we're mm-hmm. 100% going to get more insight into what happened at yeah. the end of her rule, you know? So with that being said, let's kind of break down the episode a little bit, because I think there are I think there are some significant things that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, for starters, it was fun to see Pelimoto again. Yep. It's always fun to see Peli going yeah. back to Tatooine. Yeah, there's some kind of like festival going on in Tatooine, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so and she's, wanna, al- and she's also uh, she's grifting some uh, some people out she's of hustling. there. She's hustling. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. hustling some. It uh, looks like royalty. Yeah. Yep. Something like along those lines. <laughs> so good to see Peli again. Don't want to get dive too much into that again. Um Kind of just some negatives that we'll go that we'll touch on as we go along. I felt I felt like both in this episode and in the last episode, 
the Mandalorian stunt has been a little off. You mean like the, the guy who's the, the guy who's, who's doing the in stunt? The suit. Yeah, okay. the guy who's in the suit. Because even just watching the Boba Fett episode, mm-hmm. just seeing how that Mandalorian was a lot more subtle. Right. And like he wasn't trying too hard to communicate with his hands. Right. Um, but here I felt like there was a lot of um, exploitive dialogue. It's called uh, expletive dialogue. Expletive dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is where you're basically explaining to your audience what's happening around you. Right, right. And... That's funny because I, I noticed it a little bit in the first episode and I noticed it more here. And here it's like there, there's a point because Din's also teaching Grogu the Mandalorian way. So obviously he's going to explain to him exactly. what's so that, happening. Because if he doesn't explain where Bo-Katan is in that star system, then Grogu, Then he doesn't know where he's going. Right. But there's also the whole thing of like, you know, is the air breathable? And yeah. they talk about it so many times. It goes, oh, I guess the air is breathable because blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. we don't need to know all that. Yeah, like we're smart enough to see that. Yeah. We see a little green light flash in that. I mean, green means go. Right. You're good to go. You know? Yeah. So that's something that I kind of that I've been noticing has been bothering me a little bit. I also like wonder. Said. I also wonder if that's Favreau just being like, I don't know if I don't want to put on Favreau, but you know, I, this show appeals to a, such a wide audience mm-hmm. that you almost want to keep everybody like on board and with the story and where we're going. Maybe I think it's more direction because yeah. I think because um, also just the way the like I said, it's the mannerisms of mm-hmm. the Mandalorian that have just caught me a little have been a little off to me. But aside from that, we get to Mandalore. Yeah, we do all that nonsense with the droid. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I kind of want to touch on is that we, going back to Bo-Katan, going back to the Darksaber, I enjoyed seeing the different, seeing both of them use the Darksaber mm-hmm. and how difficult it still is for Mando. Because remember, Mando's still learning. And in Boba Fett, the loose story of Boba Fett, we get two episodes that are pretty much very focused on, well, a couple episodes that are focused on him. Yeah. One of which he's training how to use the, the Darksaber. Right. Bo has known for a long time. Mm-hmm. She's handled that weapon for a long time. So that was very fun to see, kind of seeing his sort of um, him still learning, his still very amateur approach right. with the Darksaber. And then Bo just fucking wielding it and kicking ass. Yeah, which, which is pretty awesome to see. And, and, you know, going back to that episode in Rebels with Sabine where Kanan uh, really explains to her, like, what it is. And, and basically, if you if you as a person are not confident in what you're doing and are not believing in the path that you're on, the dark saber is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And I love, and I, that's rings true for Din because he's still really lost. Even though he has Grogu back, he feels like he needs to be back in the creed in order for him to kind of be whole again. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why that's kind of, you know, what this whole episode is about. So seeing that he's still not confident with the dark saber and that it's still not working for him because it still looks like it's weighing a ton on him. But Bo Bo knows who she is. Mm-hmm. So when she picks that shit up, it's like, oh, we're back. And I we're think back. that goes back to what you said about how when you do watch Rebels and Clone Wars, it does add a lot more. Ah, 100%. Because, yeah, those trials, I believe it's called Trials of the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. There's a couple episodes when, um, when Sabine is learning how to use it. And she even says, like, one of the first things that she says is that it's heavier than she thought. Yeah. Because it's like this pretty much just pure, raw energy. So to see that again, kind of carry it over here. Like I said, we got a little bit of it in Boba Fett, seeing it more here, but I really just love the comparison between the two mm-hmm. of him really struggling to take out these like three whatever fucking creatures they were. Right. And Bo just just effortlessly. <laughs> yeah. Effortlessly just wielding it and just uh-huh. making it look like it's a fucking feather, right. just slightly swinging <laughs> yeah. it around. Um, sticking on the episode, it was directed by Rachel Morrison, yes. who did uh, the cinematography for Black Panther. Yes, and she yeah. also did, I believe, the cinematography for Mud, the Matthew McConaughey movie. Yes. And she was also a director in her own right, so she's done a couple other films. I think she did, uh, what's that one with Blake Lively? I think it was. I don't know if it turned out pretty good, but oh, where, the one when like the where she goes like, like orchestra or something like that. Like, maybe it's where like the, the revenge story. Yeah, the revenge story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know yeah. what you're talking. Yeah, about. She did yeah. that one too. But I think that's why we kind of credit for why this episode's so beautiful to look at, even though we are in the ruins of Mandalore. It's still a gorgeous fucking episode. Yeah, like even going in the sewers and how mm-hmm. it's shot, the lair of the creature, which I definitely want to talk about. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff is just so well done, and it's easily one of the best looking episodes we've gotten so far. The action was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed seeing Bogatan just really fuck shit up. Oh, same thing with Mando, even though he struggled a little bit. Also seeing him kind of take shit out. But yeah, I'm with you. In terms of production, it was a very beautiful episode. Yeah, uh, You can kind of tell where the volume was used. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think it was still effective. Mm-hmm. I still believe there were some like pretty solid set pieces that oh, were used. Oh, yeah, man. And then, yeah, just what we were talking about in the last episode, it definitely feels like season three got a little bit, got a bit of a bigger budget. Money. Money. <laughs> and some of the VFX and the Visual effects. Visual effects. Um, and scenes that they created there were were very well done. Yeah. I thought not, it worked not, really good. Absolutely. Uh, can we talk about this creature? 
Which creature? <laughs> the uh, the big mechanical. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much the uh, a, a literally very eighties, a mix of a bunch of different things. Yeah, I mean, we were thinking like Transformers, right? Yeah, and uh, I was getting like some great General Grievous vibes, but mm-hmm. apparently, like doing doing some reading up on it, uh, it's one big nod to Phil Tippett. I was gonna say that yes. American God, yeah, yeah, um, or Mad God, Mad God, Mad God. Yes, yes. yeah. 100%. I was gonna say that. Yes, yeah, I bro. was a hundred percent going to say that. It, it felt. It felt very, very Mad God. A hundred percent. You haven't seen it, have you? I haven't seen Mad God, yeah. but I want to now, especially after this too, because they said that that this was a clear inspiration from his designs. It was a nod to him. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you watch the ILM documentary, you know how instrumental Phil Tippett is to Star Wars. He did all like the models and everything. Dude, you cut. I was literally going to say how yeah. much it reminded me of Mad God. Yes, and that's, I will and that's say what this, it is. though. I don't like the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it was. It's definitely. Uh, at least it's from, a, at least from okay. what, I re- what I read about it. it's like it's a passion project for him, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. for those who don't know, Phil Tippett is one of the OG puppeteers from ILM. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen the ILM documentary on Disney Plus, definitely check it out. It's an, it's amazing. Really shines a light on on you know who Phil Tippett is. But he did a movie called Man of God. I believe it was two or three years ago, or yeah. maybe last year. It was. It might have been last year. It, it was definitely recent. That long, yeah, it right. was recent. Um, it's a stop motion film in a post-apocalyptic world and you're pretty much just following all these different characters through it's almost like a junkyard okay. but there's no dialogue oh there isn't no there's no dialogue okay. it's you, all just really and it wasn't and you didn't like it though it wasn't good no nah, it didn't really work for me um and the reason i saw it was because guillermo was going crazy oh, about it guillermo was like phil Tippett is a master <laughs> and i was just like oh my god so i'm like i can't wait to watch it you know yeah and this is also coming off of the ilm so I, I was like, you right. know, ILM, well, seeing Phil Tippett and so, everything. So what, what about it did not work for you? Was it just like the story or was it just like kind of like nothing yeah, really goes I just, on? Yeah, I was never really interested. I mean, it was cool to see the, again, seeing the sort of stop motion approach. Uh, like no disrespect to him, no offense to him, but it's not like it was, it, it felt like it was old school stop yeah, motion, you right. know? But then you do get some sort of, um, some sort of media mixing towards the end where you kind of incorporate people on like screens and stuff like that so it's a very interesting film like i said there's no dialogue um it's very very weird yeah very strange very um gore too there's like a lot of gore oh, wow. and violence in it okay but yeah i mean if you i would definitely recommend checking it out but uh, yes a hundred percent and i was going to say that yeah i was gonna yeah. say i was like there's a movie by phil Tippett called mad god or yep. i couldn't remember what it was called but that like that the same, it was everything the color the design the look everything about it reminded me so much of that film. right like the weird mix of us uh, like like mechanical and some organic material yes you know I mean? like the eyeball yes. and everything there's a lot of that in the film yeah and like the lair and everything like the lair was great it's, it's honestly one of the more memorable i guess like mini villains for star wars mm-hmm. you know like like in terms of just like a you know a singular like episode to showcase a villain i thought it was it was great and uh and yeah and then just keeping off of like the whole puppeteering and stop motion stuff you know, this kind of goes without saying, but making Grogu a puppet and having him be a puppet throughout majority of this this series has been phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, like, it stood out to me more this episode, maybe because he's more active now. I think they're going a little, I think there's been both a heavy practical approach in these last two episodes. Yeah. Like in the first one with the pirates and all that right. stuff. Same thing when we talk about stop motion. Well, there was two sort of 80s influence. And this one, when the head comes off, is very much like the thing. It is very much like the thing, And yes. in the first episode, when IG-11 is crawling, it's fucking it's, Terminator. It's Terminator, yeah. It's straight up Terminator. Yes, I love these nods, man. So I'm loving love these, these sort nods. of like 80s sci-fi horror. Because this episode, I felt like episode two, also had like a bit of a sci-fi horror element to it. Yeah, and I don't know why. Like Especially when we were in that lair. Uh, I, know, I know you know it's going to sound like... The lair or the... The, the um, junkyard creature layer. The junkyard creature layer, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but for some reason, it reminded me of like like Jim Henson, like Dark Crystal, like that that kind of yeah. Like, Should like, that spooked us out as yeah, kids? Yeah, exactly. It mm-hmm. had that kind of feel to it, which I loved. Yeah. Um, also, just I don't know what the hell that creature was doing, what its intentions were, but it looked like it was going to drain. Mando, Trying to drain Din out, which yeah, is very yeah. interesting. Maybe it was going to sell the best car. Who fucking knows? But uh, but yeah, man, I'm so glad you brought up Mad God because I was definitely that's been on my fucking mind ever since I saw that. Episode. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And for a movie that I didn't really like, that's just that's right. very interesting. Hell yeah! But yeah, they also used a, a lot. There was a lot of practical effects here mm-hmm. with uh, with those creatures that both Din and Bo Katan fight, like in uh, the masks and stuff. These are just people, clearly people in masks. I'm almost certain that the R5 unit that Pelly gives them is the same R5 unit from New Hope. I think it is. I'm almost like yeah, certain. I'm of pretty that. sure it is. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a chance to look that up, but yeah, overall, really, really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think it was a this. I can't take credit for this. I saw it online, but both in this episode and in The Last of Us, mm-hmm. uh, Mando's hurt on his back with someone's like feeding him. 
Oh, or, or Pedro Tr- Pascal. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Because in the last episode, in Last of Us, Pedro <laughs> Pascal's like dead, for, and in Ellie's feeding him. Right. And in this one, Bogatan's giving well, him the soup. And, and I guess also too, it's where the kid has to has to rescue and yeah. almost and provide for. Yeah, it's for, a very strange parallel for the Fucking, dad. Yeah, look at that man. The, these Matrix writers, I know, are, it's are too up, much. Are up to some bullshit. It's definitely too much. And um, I also just kind of love Grogu in. The, not calling him a dog, but when I think of like fucking like my my brother's dog or something like that, like when you have food, it just follows you because yes. he just wants to eat. Same thing, like the whole time, like Bo was cooking, Bo was making the soup. He's just, just like, like, let me let me get some, yeah. let me get some, and then like she gives it to Dan, and he like goes over yeah. there. It's like, bitch, I'm hungry. Yeah. Feed me. I love it. Um, yeah, and then uh, I kind of want to go back to to the Mythosaur man because this is something that you know we were teased in the first episode and it's something that i think everyone's been waiting for mm-hmm. i mean you had one of your classic freakouts like you literally walked into your room and shut the door yeah i was like i'm like, done like i'm done so is it. It's so, it. so I, I guess like going forward like how quickly are we i guess if you want to speculate a little bit like like when is this going to come into play well if you recall i did tell you that i don't see this series going on that much longer right I don't see Mando going on longer than maybe another two more seasons. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't see how, because then we're gonna start getting into sequel territory, and then you're gonna have to maybe like fine tune some things. Even though they're already trying, right? To we know with Doctor, I was forgetting Pershing, Doctor Pershing, yeah. Uh, the sort of cloning, uh, Bad Batch is diving a lot of into that, which we're gonna talk about Bad Batch too, because cool. this, this is FN two one eight seven, our weekly Star Wars show, and um, I feel like they're starting to somewhat just. It's like I told you. I feel. Was that this? Was that? <laughs> that was last. That was last. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You like the sequels? You like the sequels? Yeah. yeah. Like here, rip some lines. Yeah. yeah. You like it? <laughs> I know you do. So I think they are going to try to um, to add some. Because pretty much the same thing that the Clone Wars did for the prequels. Right. The just just add more more uh, more context. Yeah. But like I said before. If we, if this new age of Mandalore does come about, which we believe that it will, it's almost obvious that it's going to happen. You know, where was it? Right. When all the shit, when somehow Palpatine returned, mm-hmm. where was this new creed, these new people, uh, these Mandalorians kind of helping out? Sure, they could have been there. You can definitely do some bullshit where like they were there and you do it from their point of view. Right. Or, or, or it's almost like when uh, at the end of Rebels when it's like, oh, uh, you know, Rex and Hera fought in the Battle of Endor. Yes. We didn't see them, but and they were in, Rogue One. No, it's uh, at the very end of Rebels, Sabine's dialogue, her narration, because I just watched the episode. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, it yes. says Hera and, and Rex fought in the Battle of Endor. Well, so it's like, okay. Yeah, no, because that's that's... That was a thing that they had the one old guy in. Right. And they said, in that, 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 that's, and they said that's that Rex. was Rex. That's but Rex. that was clearly not clearly Rex. Not, yeah. I'm sure that's going to get Rex on uh-huh. at some point. No, but I'm also talking about at the end of Rogue One when you see the ghost. Right. The, yeah, so right. clearly she's, she's there for Hera that was there for that battle. Right. It just wasn't focused on her. So I'm sure you can do some bullshit like that. But I don't know. I yeah. guess we'll see it all play out. Yeah. I actually have a question for you about that too. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of where Ahsoka takes place in the timeline, because I because I just watched Rebels, so it's fresh in my mind. How old is Harris kid at this point? Harris kid, he's he's like a young, he's a young kid. Yeah, he's like maybe in his maybe like five or six. Okay. Well, we got to think about Mando takes place eight years after. Okay. Well, well, the span of A New Hope to Return of the Jedi is four years. Right. I think the last season of Rebels is a year before A New Hope. Gotcha. So, if at that point Harris, pre- obviously Harris pregnant at that point. Right. So by time. And by the time uh, the Battle of Andor, by the time that's over, the kid must be at least like five or four right. or five or six. Which, like is, within... which is supposed to be when that scene takes place at the end of Rebels, right? Right. Because I know, I know that's, that's like the big question that, well, rem- okay, that we're, well, that here's we're waiting thing. for them to like, all right, where the fuck okay, is this? Okay, so then let's get into mathematics, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. Final season of Rebels is a year before New Hope. Right. Okay? From New Hope to Return of the Jedi is four years. Uh-huh. From Return of the Jedi to Mando is eight years. Eight years. Here's where things get a little bit tricky because according to Filoni, um, in season two of, Man- of The Mandalorian, episode five, The Jedi, when we get Ahsoka and she's battling with the magistrate and she asks the magistrate, where's your master? Mm-hmm. That takes place before the final scene of Rebels. The final scene. The final scene yeah. of Rebels. Right. So at the end of Rebels, when Sabine, which we already spoke about, that they're most likely going to recreate it, mm-hmm. that final scene... When Sabina's there with the paintings, and then she turns and Ahsoka's there, and then she goes, which we, you know, we assume that from there they're gonna go find Ezra. Right. That's the assumption. Right. And at that point, that Ahsoka that Sabine sees, that's after she had the confrontation with the magistrate. Right. Because she got the information of where Thrawn is. Mm-hmm. 
with that information, she can go to Sabine and tell her, like, look, I know where Thrawn is. Maybe Ezra's there, too. And then they can take off. Yeah, and that's that's also my thing, too, because when Ezra pulls Ahsoka out of the battle with Darth Vader and then she goes on her way and he goes and, and she says to him, come find me. Mm-hmm. Come find me when, when you can. So in that time, because obviously Ahsoka's not there when Ezra does leave. So like we're like we're sort of piecing together like Ahsoka's journey to getting back to, I guess. Right. I guess there's Lothal, almost right? like there's almost a because I'm not that's that's the interesting thing. When Ahsoka gets pushed, when she gets sent back, I think she gets back to Ezra's present day. OK, so she kind of catches back up. Right. right? Not Just, with. But back in the temple. Right. Yeah. So pretty much at that at the same time that Ezra is destroying the temple or the right. temple is collapsing, mm-hmm. Ahsoka is also somewhere else. Somewhere else, right. Yeah, that's what I assume. Because I would, th- I would think that too. It just seems yeah. like those ruins that she gets back to uh, have aged a little bit. I think That's yeah, what I it seems so like. Yep, yep. So if that is the case, and clearly there was like a three-year timeline that just got this, got wiped out. Right. From like Ahsoka. Yeah, for Ahsoka, she just yeah. missed how many years. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? That's when Star Wars gets super sci-fi. Yeah. It gets hard sci-fi. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but, okay, so kind of going back to it. New Hope, Return of the Jedi, some and the Rebels, Return of the Jedi. That's five years plus eight for Mando. That's thirteen years. So by this Mando point, so he's probably a teenager. He's probably a teenager yeah. at this point. However, we don't really know how. We don't really know what time or how old he was in that Sabine right, narration. Very true. Yep, yeah, very because true. in that narration, he that could have taken place any time. Right, but and he's, he's a very young kid. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. could have taken place at, at at any point. Yeah, because because I, I was curious if he's gonna. I mean, I'm sure he'll make an appearance, but how much of a factor is he gonna be within the Ahsoka show? I don't know, but we know we know Filoni likes to you know tug on the heartstrings. There's gonna be a very emotional moment mm-hmm. when Ezra and the kid. Right. Yeah, but I'm with you. I don't know if we're gonna see him. That's gonna be very very interesting. Mm-hmm. Staying on that topic, I do want to, uh, on all this, because this is, re- this is very relevant. So like we said, in Boba, when we get Ahsoka, I assume that's still before the Rebels final scene. I think so, too. I assume so, yeah. right? So she has yet to go to Lothal. She probably already, like, got in contact with Sabine, told her, like, hey, look, I'm going to be here. Like, get in, loser. We're going shopping. <laughs> right. We're going to go find Ezra. Yeah. So I imagine she maybe already had some sort of contact with Sabine, but... Here's you know something that I want to talk about. What possible cameos are we going to get in the Mandalorian? Right, because, because, because now, now that we're two episodes in, right? Yeah, we're two episodes in. We've already seen a lot of the marketing. We assume that the back half of the season is going to be it's going to drop bombs, just like the other two did. Mm-hmm. So, um, just like Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian season two did. So this is where it gets very interesting because it doesn't make sense to me to see both Ahsoka and Sabine together right it would either have to be just ahsoka or just sabine right otherwise like you're gonna see each other and then go your separate ways and then unite again right I, like I, that I, that would just be a little i i kind of like the whole idea of their first confrontation or their first kind of like seeing each other is in that scene mm-hmm. with the um with the rebels painting yeah so, i mean if, if i had to pick i would want to see sabine just because i think sabine i, I want to see sense. her in live action yeah. You know, and I could also see us not getting Ahsoka because of the fact that her show is coming. Yeah, so I think Sabine would make sense because obviously this is, uh, there's a big sort of focus on Mandalore. Yeah. So I think Sabine would make sense bringing in another Mandalorian, someone who knows the dark saber, someone who has connections with Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. someone who's very like you know has a lot of tie-ins with these characters. So it would make sense to bring in Sabine now and then maybe have a little just piece of dialogue with her saying like i need to go back to lothal i'm going to meet up with ahsoka yeah and i could also i mean do you think you could see her bringing chopper i think that would be hera i don't see i think it would be hera too but i, I mean, don't see why but, sabine with chopper would be i mean I, I the only reason i think this because chopper usually just finds himself just running on I, these, I ra- these random ass adventures i'm also not not counting out the fact that we could see hera right you know that's also something yeah i definitely think we're gonna get some characters because that'll be a really good promotion and marketing for ahsoka absolutely yeah but I don't see Ahsoka and Sabine popping in in the season. It has mm-hmm. to be one or the other, but I'm with you. I think Sabine makes more sense. And like I said, it, all you need is that little bit of dialogue saying like, all right, I'm going to head back to Lothal. I have to meet up with Ahsoka. Clearly, Din knows who she is. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan knows who she is. And then from there, we can pick up and go into the right. Ahsoka show. And then also just, just adds more connection for all these characters in terms of like meeting exactly, up. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so I think Sabine is almost a lock. Sabine, I think, is a lock. Uh, I mean, I feel like we've said this for the last, for the loose story of Boba Fett and now for this, uh, Hondo. 
Like, I think it's yeah. only a matter of time before Hondo comes in just mm-hmm. because, I mean, bro, his fucking animatronic at Disney World looks amazing. So it's yeah. like, let's just bring him and in. And we here. already got um we already got his species, um, the uh uh in the last episode. Right. The pirates. Yep, we did. So we already and we've seen a couple of of that makeup. Like also the bartender from yeah, Freetown. From Freetown, yeah. He's yep. also, I believe, the same uh the same species. So for sure. Uh actually, you know what? It's it's fine because we're talking about who could it possibly appear. What's, what are they called? The Luque? Is that what they're called? I think something like that. It's like Luque or Tuque, some shit like that. Yeah. Um, but since we're talking about possible appearances, we got a poster for Star Wars Celebration, and it was called the Which Gar- we're going to, it's going to be here before we it's know soon, it. It's like dude. a fucking month. I know, it's, it's like a month, month away, yeah. man. It's crazy. Yep, we're going to Star Wars Celebration in London. Super excited for that. Oh, good for you. But yeah, so there, a new poster dropped, and it was called Guardians of the New Republic, and it was Din Djarin, it was Ahsoka, and it was Luke. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and... The thing with because because we rewatched the uh, episode six from Boba Fett and it was that just amazing episode that has it's, it's like a great Star Wars soup it has everything. Good soup. But you know there's there's the whole thing with Luke and she's talking to Ahsoka and he's like well I see you again and she's like perhaps and I think Luke is going to eventually become a really big part of this story going forward. I, well, think, I, th- I think we're going to get a good amount of him and I know we talked about the big the big moment that mm-hmm. we think we're going to get on the last episode but I think he's going to really come into here and we're going to get him for a couple episodes also cuz I, I kind of can't wait to see what the new what the technology looks like now that we're here. Unless they're bringing in an actor. Unless they officially bring in Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan or plan, someone yeah. who just really who, who can really pull off that sort of um Luke look right. but at the same time I think Filoni's gonna be very I think Filoni's gonna be way too picky with that I think so too like he has to like if we can't get Sebastian Stan like I was like alright great we have Sebastian Stan alright but we gotta moderate his voice cause yeah. he doesn't sound like exactly he's like yep. you know, so like, he's gonna be very very picky with with all that stuff so uh, I mean I'm sure they can pull it off I would love to see that yeah. I would love to get more Luke because <sighs> no offense to J.J. Abrams Brian Johnson but Hashtag that wasn't my Luke. You Hashtag know, not my Luke. Exactly. And then just the little bits in the what fucking eight, 10 minutes combined that we've gotten him in um, so far from Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian season two. I'm like, yes, like that's, that's Luke. my Luke. That's Luke. That's the hero that mm-hmm. I know. Um, I want to get more of him. I want to spend more time with him. So I would love it if they brought him in some more. But yeah, I mean, if they figure out some great way to do that. I'm all in, but again, again, it's just like, according to the sequels, at this point, Luke has a school kind of going. Mm-hmm. He's got some students, a very particular one called Ben Solo, you know. So, as much as whatever you may think of the sequels, I don't think Filoni is going to dishonor it. Mm-hmm. So I don't. So I'm think I'm assuming that if they do bring in Luke, it's going to be used very wisely to avoid interfering with existing canon timeline. Right, and it could just show. Even though I just want to be like, fuck the fuck, sequels, fuck, do whatever you want, yeah, do, do whatever, whatever you want, you want yeah, but they're what, not going to do which that. Which I think, I think to a point they are because obviously they're building towards you know this big culmination with Thrawn, and we're going to get all these characters working together, and I think there's going to be a massive battle. So of course. Of course, Luke would be involved mm-hmm. if it's some kind of thing where the Empire's trying to come back. So, of course, he's going to be there. But if he's going to be there, then why wouldn't Han be there? Maybe he will be. And why wouldn't Leia Maybe be there? Maybe she will be. You know, General Leia. At this point, I believe... Yeah, she's a general. She's a general, point, yeah. So I mean, like, we could get it. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do. If it's just like the OG trilogy? Yeah. OG um, The OG, OG, squad, OG squad. OG crew. Because, yeah. because, look, that was probably one of the biggest knocks on the... On the sequels is that we never got a scene with all three of them together. And yeah. Even though it's going to be, that see- was one of that's pretty much like top three. Of my biggest criticism for that. Absolutely. I just I hate that Luke turns himself off and doesn't feel that Han's dead. Right. Like that to me just like pisses me off. Yeah. I'm like mm. it's like that doesn't ring true. Like you don't know that Han's dead. Yeah. Like you shouldn't. You should know that. You should know you that. Should yeah. Know it's that. like come on, yeah. man. But yeah. you know, and even though it's going to be, you know, CG face swapping and all the other stuff, I feel like they're going to give us that scene. That we never got, and we're gonna get a, the three of them together in, in, in the a, Falcon, in the Falcon, maybe. You know, oh what, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they're gonna do that because <laughs> be because great. because so far, and this is why I love this show. And you know, it has its flaws. Don't get me wrong; it's not perfect, but they give you what you want. And and give they, me what I want. And time and time again, they've proven it. And and we've and it's only been getting bigger and bigger and bigger in terms of them delivering on mm-hmm. things that they want to see. I know Boba Fett was a bit of a misstep, but still, they still delivered on certain big moments within that show, regardless of the quality. Yeah, of it. despite the show, literally one of the best hours of Star Wars is in that show. Absolutely, it might not be tied into Boba Fett's story, right. but 
without the book of Boba Fett, we don't get that out. Right. And, so. they, and they also don't like if, if they tease something, they're going to fall through with it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like in, just in terms of Boba Fett, it's like they tease the Rancor. We got Boba Fett right in the fucking Rancor yes. in the finale. So they're, they're delivering on what they're setting up. So time to what, how are we saying this way too early predictions? Yes. Way too early bold predictions for how the Mandalorian will turn out. Uh, here is my sort of way too early prediction. As we mentioned, the armor talks about a midsole rising and bringing in a new age of Mandalore. I assume that it's going to be under... Part of me wants to say that it's going to be under Bo and Din. Mm -hmm. Whether they marry... It's kind, have of, it's kind some, of like a, a Jon Snow... Yeah, some sort of ceremony Danny where they kind of, kind of, of yeah rule yeah. side by side as king and queen. Where Din can kind of take a step back more and let Bo kind of be that leader that she always was wanted to be right and in a, in a way it's kind of almost destined to be mm -hmm. um then great regardless i do feel like one of them is going to it's going to be like you said it's going to be like sort of like a daenerys targaryen situation where we now have this ruler who has dragons right these mystical creatures we now have a new mandalorian ruler that has a fucking mythosaur we know there's one, as we mentioned, that is a mythosaur lair. We don't know if there's more. There might be. Star Wars can get trippy. It can get hard sci-fi. What's stopping us from getting some weird Night Sisters witchcraft in here and possibly right. creating some more right. mythosaurs like in Game of Thrones when the dark magic woke up the dragons? Now, now, was it you that told me that there was a rumor that we might get Night Sisters in this season? Well, there was a rumor because of... After seeing this episode, I think it's squashed. Okay. Yeah. Because you thought they were on Mandalore? No. Right? Well, it, it, there was stuff to do that had to do with like Sundari and all that stuff. But right. I think at this point, I think it's yeah. out the window. But that sort of like dark magic with monsters, that kind of exists. I'm not right. saying they're going to bring it here. That's that's definitely a long shot. Yeah. But clearly, I do think we're going to get something Game of Thrones-esque with Danny riding the dragons. But here, it'll be either Din or Bo or both. Mm -hmm. Bo-Katan or both riding this mythosaur, kind of becoming this new ruler, heralding in this new age, bringing in... Because that's what I'm saying, because you have Din, who is very much the traditional, following the old ways, Bo, who is not so much like that, has her different ideologies, but still believes in Mandalore. They're both now going to kind of see some common ground mm -hmm. after what just happened, after what Bo-Katan just experienced. So together, they can reunite the Kree, the people who are like the zealots, and the fucking rogues who are out here. Very true. You know, so now you have these two personalities who see the way each one does and can kind of maybe try to find some sort of common ground. So I do think that's kind of eventually what's going to happen with the Mythosaur being their quote unquote dragon. And then when it's all said and done, who's going to take over? Fucking Grogu. Grogu. And Grogu, I think Grogu will be like the sort of Mandalorian slash Jedi that's going to bring in like a 900-year reign. Reign, right. Um, and Mandalore will, in a way, flourish under him. Now, there's only been one other Mandalorian Jedi, right? Yes, the very the very first one who ruled the Darksaber. Right, so I almost wonder... I think it was uh, Vizsla was his name, I believe. Right, So, so and it also makes me think, too, that, that that's sort of where... This, Tarvis, this story is building towards is mm -hmm. is Grogu. Like at the at the end of the day, it is is for him. Like maybe he's the chosen one, and and, and all right. of it. You know, like we're thinking it's Din. Mm -hmm. but maybe it's actually Grogu this whole time. And maybe that wasn't. Maybe that was completely thought out. Right. And maybe that is the powerful moment that Freddie Prince thought about. Maybe because we don't know what Yoda species is. Right. Of you know this Yoda species being a Mandalore and ruling Mandalore for years to come. Yeah. Like that's something that probably blew Freddie Prince's mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Another, because we kind of had our speculations as to what that could be. After seeing this episode, I think something that would also be very powerful and moving would just be that sort of like spiritual connection between either Bo-Katan or Din taming the Mythosaur. Right. Kind of just having that sort of like very one-on-one, -on -one, very powerful connection. Um, and allow, it's very Loth, Wolf, and Ezra type. And that's right. something... That I think Filoni would. I think we're definitely going to get that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that could possibly be the powerful scene, powerful moment, or whatever it may be. I'm still sticking with my theory that it's going to be Luke learning about his mom, mm -hmm. but clearly it could be something like that of just this new Mandalorian ruler bringing in this new Mandalore age, right. um, rebuilding Mandalore. Yeah, yeah, and it's this little Yoda species wielding a fucking dark saber. Right. I mean, right. That's pretty awesome. That's yeah, pretty awesome. That's <laughs> pretty fucking I'm in sick. for that. I'm definitely for, in for nine, that. Because that's the thing about 
like that's the thing about Ahsoka. When you think about it, Ahsoka is one of the very, very last Padawans that have ever existed. Mm -hmm. You know, you're only as good as what came before you. And people like Anakin, people like Obi-Wan, like the one of the reasons they're so great is because they learned from everything that came before. All the shit that Yoda learned, he passed it forward to everyone else, whether it was Mace Windu, whether it was Count Dooku, whether it was Anakin, Obi-Wan, you name it. All of that got passed on to Ahsoka. Right. Like everything that Anakin learned from everyone has passed on to her. And she obviously learned so much from Obi-Wan, from fucking, dude, what's going on? I don't know. Spider-Man, where are you? A lot going on. Um, and all those all those moments of Clone Wars when she was with other people, also learning from the clones themselves, um, learning loyalty and things like that. Um, that's why I think she's so, that's why she's so great. And she can pretty much go toe-to-toe -to -toe with someone like Vader. Right. But now you have someone like Grogu who is learning, who again, once again is learning everything that came before, uh -huh. whether it's from Luke, whether it's possibly from Ahsoka, and not just that, but also learning the Mandalorian ways right. and all the customs and mm -hmm. rituals from someone like Din. So he's going to be a very, very powerful figure. He's going to have a very strict ideology when it all comes, when it's all said and done. Um, and yeah, I feel like he can definitely at some point become this great ruler of Mandalore which then goes which I think by the time the rise of Skywalker I think Din and Bo would still be alive they'd be a little yeah, bit they'd be know. a little bit older yeah what's the gap between return and, and force it's like, like I think it's like 20 years is it 20, like is it 20 I thought it was 30 years maybe maybe it's more yeah. I mean it wouldn't make sense if it's a little more I mean, it depends on how however right I mean yeah but technically yeah so Din and Bo should still be ruling Mandalore if 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 it goes or down they that or road. they'll be on their way out all right like right. maybe they'll just, be old but yeah. they should still be capable yeah you know? and at that point Grogu would be more than capable to for sure you know so again where was all this in the sequels yeah. Who, uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about that I'm not gonna yeah. talk about that but uh but yeah that's kind of my very early speculation as to where this story is eventually going to lead lead yeah, towards yeah and and quite honestly it makes a ton of sense to me the only thing that i could possibly think of is that when we eventually do get this massive battle against thrawn mm -hmm. you know because we we've we've sort of seen this within i mean maybe not so much within rebels clone wars to an extent Bad Batch is definitely going to happen where I think we're going to lose a lot of main characters mm -hmm. in like whatever final season we get to, whether it's of man, whether it's the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, whatever, whenever this all comes to a head and we do have a battle with Thrawn and it's going to be a massive epic battle, I think we're going to lose a lot of people, mm -hmm. a lot of people that are around. I think we're going to lose Bobo. I think the possibility of losing Din in that battle, I think is very, is very high. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how it all plays out, but that's the only other thing I could think of is that we're going to lose a lot of characters and you're going to have Grogu. That maybe, would help make the sequels a little bit more sense. Right. Because they're, they're not around because they're dead. They didn't make it, you know? So I could definitely see that happening and maybe Grogu ends up becoming the ruler a lot sooner than we expect. Mm -hmm. But I do think it does end with Grogu on the throne for sure. With a mythosaur by his side. With a mythosaur by his side and holding the dark saber. Yeah. Fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, but no matter what, we have a new age of man lords to look forward to. Yep. Um, before we kind of wrap up, I just want to do, I just want to dive into Bad Batch a little bit because um, everyone's complaining. Oh, Bad Batch. Uh. You, you know, I, I will say though, this season, not that I have a problem with it, but this season definitely has been a little more unfocused than I thought it was going to be. Well, I was going to say that. I was okay. going to keep it real. Okay. Because everyone's complaining like, oh, there's no story. What's this? Blah, where's Cody? Blah, blah, blah. I get it. I get it. I hear your complaints. I understand them. I totally understand where you're coming from. And... The reason I'm a little bit more because because I agree I understood before I did mm -hmm. get it like this has become just a side story series right. you know we're just getting like a new side mission of the week but when Bad Batch and we've only had a very short sample size we've only had one season but when Bad Batch focuses on a story like a continuous story it's incredible it is so that's the kind of things that just makes me a little bit like huh like this is what I could be missing out on right you know, we've only had. And we're what now? Maybe like twelve or thirteen episodes in. Yeah, there's only three weeks left. There's a total of four episodes because the the last week there's going to be a double a double mm -hmm. episode. But yeah, I would say there's only been what three or four episodes that were really like main yeah, story focused. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And these last two were we're hoping that's going to continue throughout. Right. And these last two were fantastic. They were really especially good. the the crosshair episode. This last yes, one very was emotional, so good, very um, very character focused. Mm -hmm. So I understand the complaints because. When it's done right, when, you know, we're not just having these side missions, these flavor of the week episodes, and we're actually focusing on the overall story. Mm -hmm. Like, they're really good. They're very intriguing. Very great character moments. Very emotional moments. So, I understand. 
So I'm I'm hoping we continue with this because I think we have to. There's only four episodes left. Yeah. 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 But, but where's it gonna go? Right, where's it gonna go? I also want to ask you this too because I have no idea what the fuck is happening right now. I don't know. I don't know either. I really uh, I really well, don't like, I, I, I think like there's play, no there's no main through line for unless this. Unless this is season. gonna play again, like we said, it's gonna play into the whole sequel like thing about cloning Palpatine. Right. Because that's kind of that's kind of what I was elite that was like alluded towards mm-hmm. about pretty much cloning Palpatine. Well, we got that in the in the episode before the crosshair that's one, what I'm saying. which is which is the which is very heavily alien inspired, which I loved with yeah. the uh with the Zilla Beast. Uh but yeah they they there's a lot of cloning stuff within that within that episode. Right. So and as we know somehow Palpatine returned mm-hmm. Snoke was all clones and all this stuff. We saw some Snoke looking type of clones on that one Cloud City type of episode. Yeah. Maybe Bad Batch is slowly also trying to play a role into because we also get the whole the whole cloning things in season two of Mandalorian, right? With Doctor Pershing, right? Um, and the fucking Mandal- Mandalorian count, the M count, yeah. yeah, the M count. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see, but I understand why people complain about Bad Batch. I totally get it. Um, and I'm really like pumped for these next couple episodes. I hope it continues down this. Because we still don't know what's going on with Cody, right? We don't know. I'm assuming Cody's with Rex and Echo. That, that's that's my assumption. Is that is that Cody found Rex? That's why he pulled Echo right, away. Right, but Cody killed. Oh, remember, I know Co- Rex doesn't. I know, know Rex. Yeah, Rex has no idea. Rex has. Um, he assumes that you know the they know that they were pretty much ordered to kill. Yeah, but he would forgive Cody though. He'd be like, "You didn't know what you were doing." Yeah, I guess yeah. that would definitely that would definitely make sense because according as far as Cody's concerned, um Obi-Wan's dead. True. You know. True. Um or maybe not. Because in Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan does kind of escape and they do that um remember Yes. It, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no. You're definitely right about that. Un- o- unless Palpatine knew which I kind of want to assume that he did, but like when Anakin and I'm sorry, when when Yoda and Obi-Wan meet up, pretty much Obi-Wan says, like, send me to kill the Emperor. I can't kill right. Anakin. So he sends him to kill Anakin. So maybe, you know, maybe unless he, maybe, if Anakin didn't say anything, right. maybe Obi maybe the Emperor doesn't know that Obi-Wan's alive. Oh my god, you know, and that, this is what pisses me off about Obi-Wan too, because if we got that original story where Cody found Obi-Wan and they sort of teamed up throughout that series, that would have been so much better and it would have made so much sense. Like, yeah, no, and, actually, because even, and no, I would have I, I loved that for Cody too. Even in a series, even in Obi Wan series, he pretty much knew that he was alive. Right. Right? Kind of, sort of. I mean, fucking Reva knew he was alive. <laughs> I don't know. Right? The, like know. the Emperor's chasing, chasing down Obi Wan, so they know, uh, right? Isn't that the whole thing? I, it's. Uh, yeah, I, okay, so I assume. It's kind of a mess, but. I assume they know Obi Wan is alive. Whether Cody knows that is another. That's another story. That, yeah, another he story, might, he right? might not know. That, that's, right. that's true. Yeah, so I mean, it could be that. I know. I mean, my hope is that we, is that Cody does come back, and it's not like a dangling thread left for like next season or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which could be a possibility. But uh, the other thing too with with Bad Batch, and even though like yes, it has been a very unfocused season, there's also a part of me that loves that we can we can get some Star Wars content that's not so heavy and not so like like plot heavy, and you, you, know, you could just have like you just have fun. You just like literally just kick back and just enjoy some some fun star wars content you know right. what i mean so so that's like like so i'm of two minds like like while i do want the season to be a little more focused and kind of understand like where are we actually headed with this but at the other point like we we have gotten some episodes that are just flavors of the week and they've been fun they've yeah. been fun to watch and i've just enjoyed it yeah you know so Agreed. so we'll see how it all plays out hunter see, see how it all plays out um all right anything else that you wanna that we want to dive into in terms has there any been star wars news Aside from the Kathleen Kennedy nonsense. Oh, actually, there's one thing I want to quickly touch up on. Sure. Because it was recently announced that both the um, Kevin Feige and... Patty Jenkins films have been shelved. Well, Patty Jenkins would be kind of new. Right. But the Feige one, yes. The Feige one is now officially out, yeah. out the door. And according to the, that report, Tyke is still writing his movie. Mm-hmm. But I, I still don't think that's going to happen. But yeah. this 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 makes... Because obviously we talked about the Kathleen Kennedy thing heavy last episode. But this makes now eight films under her watch that have been announced that are not happening. Um, and on top of that, you had films that were pretty much interfered with. Yes. For whatever reason. Solo, whatever Rogue One. Reason. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think Last Jedi was kind of untouched, but obviously Rise of Skywalker was a complete disaster of a production. So, yeah, it, it hasn't looked good. And now that Bob Iger's back, he's it looks like he's kind of cleaning house a little bit. He's, he's kind of gone on record saying, you know, and he even talked about Marvel too a little bit, how 
you know, maybe we're not using the IP to its fullest, mm-hmm. you know, and he still has uh, plans to do a Star Wars film. Like that's that's what he said. He goes, he goes, I think still think we should push for Star Wars in the theater because that's what it's that's what it is. Uh, Bro, so, fuck it, put the finale of Mandalorian in theaters. I know, right? I'll make, I'll make I'll bank. See that I'll make yeah. fucking bank. Absolutely. And IMAX. <sighs> God, give it to me. At least like five million. Yeah, at least. Uh, but yeah, so so I, I think I think the writing is on the wall for Kathleen, and my hope is that somebody can come in to sort of steer the ship. I mean, they should just give it to Favreau and Filoni if they want it. I think it. that would be the. I think that's. I the, mean, Filoni's already what chief creative officer or something like pretty that. Pretty much. Yeah. I think it would like be this this sort of television team. Yeah. Well, like where Filoni and Favreau are like pretty much the main guys in charge, and then you have like your lower level guys like Famuyiwa, like Rodriguez, you know, right? And you, and you can kind of see it. What the hope is that what DC has now with Gun and Saffron is like mm-hmm. you have like your business focused guy and you have your creative heavy guy, mm-hmm. and not that Fa- Favreau is not creative focused. He obviously very much is, but he also knows the business maybe a little bit more than Filoni does. Although Filoni, I don't want to. I think at this point, I don't want to call Filoni a slouch because yeah. Filoni's. You know, the fact that we found out that he worked on Rogue One and he's been heavily involved in a lot of this stuff going If we forward. believe that to be true, then yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so, But even with that aside, it's pretty much, I think at this point, Filoni is like, I think he's proved himself. I think so too. Um, so but the team of him and Favreau is, 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 a, is, a pretty, is a pretty awesome team. So if, if they want to give it to them, man, fucking go for it, man. Let's, yeah. let's, 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 get, this, let's get this back on, on track with, with getting, at, le- at least, I'm not saying like we have to do like a new trilogy or anything like that, but let's get some Star Wars move. Let's get Star Wars back in the theater. That's what I, I don't want. care. That's my I, I, I know you don't care, yeah. but I want to see Star Wars back in the theater in they, some They form announced some sort of movie. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. But to me, really, it's on it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. That's literally where it's living. Mm-hmm. That's where it's thriving. Disney+, Plus single-handedly brought it back to life. And, you know, all the properties on Disney+, Plus, thanks to, like, Filoni and Favreau and stuff. So... You know, we'll we'll see what happens, but um, but yeah, the tough the movie business was a tough goal. Yeah, so it definitely speak. was a tough yeah, goal was for, for, for uh, Disney's reign in, uh, yeah, in Star Wars. Yeah, it was not uh, it was not great. So um, but like we said, you know, the sequels don't exist. They don't exist. Yeah, it's fine. I'm gonna We're tell just... my kids that Mandalorian is the sequel. Is the sequels? Yeah, you wanna know what happens at Return of Jedi? Just watch Mandalorian. Exactly. <sighs> All right, bro. Anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of FN Two One Eight Seven. We hope you enjoyed it. It's always fun. It's always a blast to uh, talk about Star Wars. So with that, we are going to be signing out. My name is Martin Moreno. Senior class from me is Nick Denizio. And we'll see you guys next week. Maybe. <laughs> One last thought. Yeah. Motherfucking Pergil <laughs> and a motherfucking Mythosaur. Season three has come out swinging. Swinging. And we got some creatures. we're just getting started. Um, these creatures are not in here as fan service. They're clearly going to play a role, so I'm fucking pumped. So, with that being said, we'll see you guys next time.